0: Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and its goal is to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective at reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com. Now let's get to today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC, and today I have Jeremy Baker with me. Jeremy is an evangelist for the OPC in Yuma, Arizona, uh, working in the church plant of Yuma Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Jeremy, we're glad to have you here today, and I thought maybe we would just start with, um, I'm thinking about a lot of us here in America that think about Yuma. We probably know it as one of the hottest places in the summer, and we know it in a, a movie title, but we may not know a whole lot about it. So I thought maybe you could start with just telling us about uh, life in Yuma and uh, how you ended up uh, coming to be a church planter in Yuma.
1: Well, thank you, Brad, for this opportunity to just talk about the wonderful things that the Lord is doing in, in Yuma, Arizona. And yes, Yuma is uh, probably the av- hottest average temperature of any city, I, I think maybe uh, in the, at least in the United States. This is the sunniest, known as the sunniest place on earth. Uh, We get about two inches of rain. Uh, Yuma is uniquely, no one really knows where it is uh, that I I run into, so you just imagine a map of the United States where Arizona, California, and Mexico meet, and then the Colorado River flows, and it is uh, in the corner down there in the Arizona side, uh, halfway between Phoenix and San Diego. And uh, it came to be because there's a river there, and in the 1800s it was the gateway to the west, and that was the best place to Cross the Colorado River that used to used to be a lot larger than it is now so it's a dangerous crossing uh, and the Spanish were there early Native Americans were there uh, but really uh, it, it developed in the early 20th century as an agricultural area uh, and I think it I think Yuma in the winter time grows close to 90% or so of this country's and even maybe Canada's leafy green vegetables and cauliflower and 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 things like that so there's a heavy agricultural uh, history there Uh, then as as time went on just because the weather is always clear and and sunny skies it became a place for uh, military training Uh, we have marine we have two military bases marine corps air station uh, which trains pilots and has some other things there Uh, and then we also have the yuma proving grounds which is a place where uh, the army tests various equipment and people from around the world actually come and, and test equipment there uh, we have a lot of law enforcement, we have a lot of border patrol as well, uh, so a lot of military, a lot of border patrol, uh, people that work in education, hospital, things like that. Uh, and then we also have a, a large retiree population. Uh, some are there year-round, and some just uh, flock there in, in the winter. So the population of Yuma, it is a small city, is, is around 100,000, and then uh, the Yuma County area probably almost doubles uh, in in the winter so that's just a little bit about Yuma uh, it is hot but I would say you get at least eight months of good weather
0: so that's good so then let's talk about um, tell us how long you've been there as a church planter and tell us a little bit about the dynamic of the church plant itself Who, who's there how are people uh, coming to the church and how has that uh, come about over the last couple of years
1: well, when I was in seminary at Mid-America Reformed Seminary in the Chicago area, uh, the best Reformed seminary, I might add, in case uh, anyone's looking for a, a good place to go.
0: We'll edit that out. <laughs>
1: uh, but I, I, when I was in seminary, I did hear that there was a work in Yuma, and being a native Arizonan, uh, I am used to... Uh, the desert. I'm used to the heat, and I was very interested in hearing what was going on there, and so I did a a summer internship uh, at at Yuma. Uh, They had just started meeting for worship a couple months earlier. Uh, The regional home missionary, Dave Crum, had was out there very frequently, uh, multiple times a month, and and that was a, a great experience out there. And it was good to get back to the West, where there was some warmth and some mountains and things like that as well, some familiar sights. Uh, and then I went and finished seminary uh, for a year, and then I, I came. They asked me to come back out, and uh, just from there, it was a matter of uh, you know studying for licensure, ordination, those kinds of things, and finally made it through those things uh and then get to kind of dive in and and do the work of a church planner. uh it's it's an amazing place i mean it's really uh we're known for a couple things when when visitors come or kind of reputation around the opc uh we're definitely known as the church plant with all the kids for sure okay. uh, we do have uh we do have a lot of young families a lot of some year-rounders, and then a lot of young military families, usually officers in the the Marine Corps. And we even have had more than one person tell us that, you know, I listened to your sermon on Sermon Audio, and I could hear the children uh, during the sermon in the background, and that made me want to come here. Uh, because a lot of people are just used to silence, or yeah. they just, you know, and, and a lot of folks, you know, they just want there to sound like there's, there's life there. So our, our children are... We have them in in the service with us, and as challenging as that can be at times, uh, it's very rewarding, and it's actually even uh, been an outreach tool. Uh, That's great. Yeah. So, like I said, the people we have there, uh, we have a pretty diverse group of of folks. We do have about half of them are either in the Marine Corps or the Army. Uh, Pilots, uh, the head of the F-35 squadron is there. We have a couple Green Berets that teach people how to jump out of planes, things like that. And... We have a, a handful of singles, a handful of retirees that live there year-round. Uh, we do have some regular winter visitors that come uh, for a couple months each year. We kind of uh, grow by ten or twenty folks as the the Canadian Reform folks uh, find us and realize we're we're in Yuma, uh, and then we have our, our year-rounders. So it's a pretty it's a pretty young group, a, a lot of families, but also it's in a lot of ways it's a diverse group as well.
0: Well, that's good. That's helpful. So let's talk about <clears throat> how the church has developed and grown over the years uh, that you've been, uh, the couple years you've been doing this. Um, what's your experience? How do people find out about the church? What are you guys doing? How do you think about outreach? Are, are you doing events? Are you doing relational? Are you doing all of the above? Just kind of how, how do you go about thinking in a, in a city of that size, but somewhat isolated outside of, you know, having those people in that city? How do you think about uh, doing outreach and what have you seen in terms of how the lord has brought people to you
1: Yeah that's that's interesting because all the things that we've done in general has have either resulted in someone coming and visiting us or at least new contacts and we we do the typical things you know facebook sermon audio uh, add in the the paper and we've had people hear about us and come because of those things. Uh, but also we do have a connection with the military and they hear about us and when they move here, they, they come and, and check us out. Uh, and then other than that, um, we have a couple barbecues that we do and we invite folks to come over and meet us and, and eat with us. Uh, we've definitely had some contacts from that and we haven't had any visitors yet. We do pass out uh, some literature and those kinds of, of things that people normally think of as, as outreach but we're primarily focused on building a culture of evangelism in everything that we do. So just that basically the air we breathe, you know, how we greet people, um, how we explain and go about uh, our, our liturgy and the things that occur in the liturgy, uh, teaching and, and preaching that is always uh, aware of the fact that uh, there are always unbelievers uh, sitting there uh, in the pew uh, and just kind of just helping people also just here's how you answer questions here's how you have gospel conversations uh we're we have a sunday night study as well and we go through a rotation of basic doctrine and and then something practical and then basic doctrine something else and and we're getting ready to do another uh study on evangelism so uh, i think it's really just kind of who we are Uh, i mentioned you know we're known as the church with all the kids uh, we're also just known, as, as I talk to visitors that come through, you know, and you ask them, hey, what was it like, you know, what could we work on, and did you feel welcome? Uh, they always say that we felt incredibly uh, welcome, and we felt like this was, was our church, even though we're only visiting. Or uh, So, I, you know, it's kind of a feel for, for what it is and, and how we've gone about our uh, outreach.
0: So if I can dig in a little bit, you you uh, used a couple phrases there that we sort of passed by that I'm going to maybe ask you to dig into a little bit. You talked about helping people with this culture of evangelism and how how to have gospel conversations. I don't I don't know if you have if specifics come to mind or those are things that that we've seen from and, and had questions about from other churches uh, contacting us on outward OPC that want some depth on that. Can, can you think of things when you say, uh, helping people to, to welcome people or to have gospel conversations. Is that something that's better caught than taught? Is it uh, something that you help people with or, there, or is it just sort of natural for, for the people that are coming?
1: Well, you have to it's, it's caught and taught for sure. Uh, one of the things that I taught through on that we went through on uh, my internship as the summer of 2015 was a book by Ted Turnow called Popologetics. And the, the premise of the book is, is basically, look, people learn through uh, stories now, uh, through popular culture, and not only now, but they, they always have. And just kind of that cultural narrative that comes through stories. For us, it's songs, movies, things like that. Uh, it just becomes a part of the air that we breathe and becomes a part of, of who we are. And that, that, those are the categories that we think in. So that really isn't something to be kind of shunned and ignored. Uh, but it's something to actually engage in and to engage in intentionally and to engage in it intentionally uh, that, that does help us to train up our our children and the way that they should go as, as as much as we might try to make sure they watch what's appropriate and, and those kinds of things i mean this is the air they breathe so we need to help them uh, interact with and evaluate uh, the things that they're ingesting. And then also, it's a great evangelism tool, an apologetics tool, because it gives you a point of, of contact with unbelievers to where you know you know what their common experiences are, you know it's popular, and it gives you things to, to talk about and kind of explore. So I thought uh, maybe I would just explain a little bit about maybe... That's kind of the, the basis of, of what it is. And he does a really nice job uh, laying out a, a rationale and theological foundations. But I thought I'd maybe just can summarize the, yeah, the, sure, the, that'd be the great. payout. So we went through uh, and, and did a few lessons on this, and we did a few examples, and then we ended with a a movie night you can do it any movie song anything and so you kind of go through this process and you can imagine going through this with in your own mind as you decide what to ingest and not ingest and then also with your your kids as you you guys watch or listen to things together and the first step is basically to figure out what's going on Uh, what's the story Uh, i also taught English and some other subjects for a while and, and basically it's, it's what are the elements of plot? Who are the characters? Uh, what do they think? What's going on here? Just kind of just objectively understand what's happening first in the story. And then taking second is, is saying where in, in the world am I? What does the, the what is this world that I'm in, this new reality so to speak, I mean we go to movies to retreat and enter into a new reality, what's that new reality like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Um, is it is it dark? Is it light? In in this value system, each each piece of popular culture even has its own underlying worldview and value system. In this value system, what's what's good, and what's evil? You know, is good love at any cost, even if you have to be unethical? Is that the value? Uh, those kinds of things. Uh, so what's basically um, just what's it feel like? What's it look like as it kind of takes a life on of of its own? So that's another value evaluation tool. And then third, you want to take a look at, okay, I figured out what, what's in this, what it's about. Uh, then you want to evaluate what's good, true, and beautiful uh, in this new world. And the idea behind that theologically is that what God made is, is good and that God's common grace continues and that his footprints, even if even though they're distorted and hard to see, his footprints and evidence of us being created in his image and the law of God being written in our hearts, those things are all evident in all of our cultural products, especially uh, in our politics. Popular culture. So you're looking for, okay, what, what, what's good in here? What's the evidence of common grace in here? Uh, the easiest connection to make is in any kind of movie where there's any kind of relationship, uh, it's well, God made us as, as to be creatures. Uh, that are in relationship with him and relationship with each other, and there's something that we're seeking out for. We're seeking out for uh, love and friendship and those kinds of things. Uh, so that that's kind of the, the the easiest one. So so what's good? What's true? What's what's beautiful? Uh, and then fourth, then you want to say, okay, so I've established this. I know the world I'm in. I know what they're trying to get at. Uh, what what's false? What's perverse? What what? doesn't match up with with what's going on here um, is again another this, again what is salvation is it just working as hard as you can you can achieve any goal is it you know those those kinds of kind of popular I guess uh, some of our, our Disney uh, themes you know mm-hmm. uh, also what's the idol what is it that if this person could just have whatever it is they'll be happy You know, so it's identifying those things that are wrong with it, and then fifth, after you identify that, then it's it's how does the gospel apply to this? What does the Bible teach uh, about it? Uh, So you know, it might say might be something that is really unbiblical when it comes to relationships. But example for evaluation and a point of contact, you might talk about uh, with your kids or even you know a point of contact with an unbeliever is you know they're really getting at something beautiful there and that, that that's that God made us to be in community and in relationship and, and ev- with each other and that we're all looking for love. Now the way that they went about uh, exploring that love and finding that love. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches about that topic. What does the Lord teach about that topic? And here's what it is. And that's kind of how you might go about it with your, your kids and in your own mind. With a point of contact, you talk to the unbelievers saying, hey, you know, instead of judging whatever it is in there immediately, well, that's unbiblical. You you can appreciate the fact that what they're looking for is is acceptance and something good and something beautiful. And then as you get more skilled at it, you can say, well, we're not really gonna, gonna find that apart from Christ. And this is a beautiful message and here's how we have those things in Jesus. And so you can kind of, you know, it could take a while or a lot of conversations, but as you talk about the, the elements of, of, that you see of common grace and whatever piece it is, it just, it gives you a, a more natural bridge to kind of have some deeper conversations than, than maybe you might normally get into.
0: Yeah, that's great. So a couple things strike me now. I kind of, I kind of live in this world as well, so it's not new to me. So listeners, it might be new. We can talk about that in a minute. But a couple things strike me. You're, you're saying that um, you're taking some of the most powerful stories that people that we come in t- contact with are living with, right? So we're talking about popular TV shows. We're talking about um, popular movies. We're talking about fans who follow a uh, their favorite team and get get on that journey all year we're ta- am I right we're talking about trying to find a point of contact with the things that in the world of the people we're coming in contact with
1: yeah just what are they ingesting yeah. and it's almost all digital now really or web-based and it's you know songs as well I mean the Hollywood culture mm-hmm. um, yeah it's just what 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 are your neighbors by default you and your your mm-hmm. children as well? What, what are you taking in and ingesting? and you, you, you have to be discerning of what you take in and ingest and you, you have to be able to evaluate it biblically. It's not It's not a you know, oh now you can go watch whatever you want sure, kind of, of a thing. Yeah. yes you know that's that's very negative. but you know everything that we watch and do, they all have presuppositions. They all have a worldview. And if we don't think that that affects the way, the way we think and feel about the world and the way our kids do, uh, we're we're mistaken. I mean, someone is teaching us and teaching our kids how to think, feel, and act in this world, and it's it's the things that we're ingesting in our mind because that's the way the Lord made us. I mean, that's how we we, we ingest you know the Word of God applied by the Holy Spirit. Well, those things are taken in through you know our intellectual capacities and they form us. Well, other things uh, other things form us as well, and, and we need to be intentional about how we evaluate those things.
0: And the other thing that strikes me is kind of a two-fold thing. You mentioned that your church is known for having a lot of kids. You've got young families. It seems like what you did here in kind of teaching this and maybe, you know, having this type of mentality before people is it's something they can do in raising a Christian family. What 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 stories are we hearing and how are we evaluating? But then it's also giving the contact with the stories that people are, are hearing. So it's almost like uh, an in-house thing, uh, you know, are we paying attention to what Disney's teaching us? Are we paying attention to or trying to teach us? But then also we have a way to connect uh, with those around us who maybe uh, teenagers are being taught about relationships by Taylor Swift, for example, uh, which is not what we're being taught about, but we're engaging people uh, in that type of thing. Or you can pick whatever artist is, is popular at the time or right. the given year. Is Do you kind of see that twofold where it's helping uh, you guys be intentionally Christian in, in how you're living life and, and what you're taking in and then also making the contact.
1: Yeah, with. it it definitely e- equips us and, and helps us to guard our hearts and to, to help our children to learn how to do that as well. And we can't help them learn how to do that just by avoidance because this stuff is in the air we breathe, so it's unavoidable. So, yes, it, it, it is inward and, and edifying and does help us in those areas in our own life, not just our kids. Uh, but also, it just... You know, you can hear a conversation that some non-Christians are having, and maybe you know about what they're talking about. Maybe you don't, but it gives you a way to have something to talk about and to engage. and And you might not get there in that conversation, but at least you kind of know where you'd like to go. And you know, maybe the Lord will will take it there. Maybe it won't. And but you have another opportunity to to say, well, you, you know, you know why you know, this movie is so obsessed with love and belonging and these things. Well, it's because we're alienated from God because he made us for fellowship. And, and then you can just go into a, you know, creation, fall, redemption, kind of uh, storyline of your own and, and, and tell that beautiful story of Christ and his love for his people and how he came to save us and these things. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's both for um, protecting us, our own minds, our kids, and it does help with uh, evangelism. Yeah, it's
0: a good t- it's a good tool. A lot of people, a lot of Christians and Reformed Christians, ask the question: How do I go from casual conversation with my neighbors and friends about the weather and life and things like that? How do I go to something more meaningful? And, and I yeah. think what you're doing is you've chosen this in this one instance this tool that helps bridge that gap and have some more meaningful conversations, maybe with even people that you read a book with or watch a. Uh, a tv show with or see a movie with that type of thing a lot of times people yeah. gather for dinner after a movie and want to talk about it oh and this, well, this we're is... all
1: binge watching netflix yeah. and amazon <laughs> prime let's not pretend that we're not and uh you know so yeah but i mean you know, it gives you more things to to talk about and engage and and then it's really up to you to try to start to think of ways to, to turn this to a, a little bit of a, a deeper you know more spiritual christ conversation that leads to talking about christ
0: well that's good um if I can shift gears a little bit, I had talked to Dave Crum was on this podcast uh, maybe a year and a half ago and he mentioned Yuma as when I said, could you give us an update on a couple churches that you're spending time with and he mentioned Yuma and some of your work and, and people coming there. I, I think people would love to hear uh, I don't you don't need to single people out if you, if you don't want to but how are people do you have any stories about how people heard about you how people are coming? Uh, are we dealing with a lot of a mix of Reformed people coming, under-churched people coming, unchurched people? Like, just what's that dynamic like? So people who are praying, I mean, one of the great strengths of the OPC is people are regularly praying in worship and on, in their, on their own for home missions today. And I, I think it gives people a great sense to hear, you know, a story or two about somebody that's come and that stands out to you.
1: Yeah, you know, I, as you were going through that list, I, I can think of probably at least one person or family from every every single uh, demographic that you, you mentioned. Uh, you know, we do get some folks that are uh, from other Reformed churches that get stationed in Yuma and so they transfer their membership. Uh, we have a, a lot of people that are kind of you know, they go to church every once in a great while, and we're the first church that that they join. They come for a while, and and they sit in the preaching of the word and they experience the communion of saints that we have there, and and they see other people joining the church, and they're just they're just convinced, hey, this is something that uh, the Lord wants me to be a part of, to formally be connected in this relationship. And we have some other folks that just kind of drifted around forever, and then found us as as their home. Uh, we do have uh we do have some people that. Really we're kind of have been kind of been wounded by some other churches mm-hmm. and other other Christians in other ways and that have just come to us and found us and just found uh, just our Christ-centered preaching and uh, even just the distinctives of Presbyterian Church government and and how we seek to persuade by the word uh, and, and let the spirit of God work rather than you know some kind of maybe uh, stronger means of, of, of persuasion. Uh, they've appreciated those things and uh, so really just we just have people from every they've come to us every way really.
0: So we're talking right now we're recording this in uh, early 2019 it'll be coming out in a couple months for people what's what's on deck for Yuma OPC that maybe when people hear this they could start praying for so what's what's coming spring summer that that you could give people that when this comes out and they hear it they might be able to add to their uh, prayer list.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that we we want to do uh, is to be more intentional. We do have several different outreach things that we do, whether it's a Lessons and Carol service or the barbecue at the park or or whatever it is. Uh, But we want to have one uh, per month, and we want to figure out, okay, who do we have, uh, what can they do, and uh, just kind of schedule one per month so we can pray for that. So I think uh, just praying for uh, our monthly outreach activity whatever that is would be an excellent prayer request uh, we are working to be uh, self-governing and self-sustaining so that means you know we would like to have our own elders uh, and we also need to be able to you know get at least get close to supporting ourselves financially so those are always good prayer requests uh, but there's just so much to praise God for it really, you know, we're really about halfway there on some of those things. Uh, but And it just feels like a great place, a great church. Uh, I, I, I miss it. My family misses it. Uh, the congregants, when they go on vacation, they come back. They, they miss it. Uh, it's just it's just a good place to be, and there's a lot of really good ministry there. And uh, just I think one other just really unique thing that if I could mention is that since we do have a lot of military families, and they're there for two and a half to three, sometimes four years, Uh, So we know that they're there temporarily, and so it's just a great opportunity to get these young families where they're at and just to disciple them and watch them grow in the Lord and just to see them come in maybe in one place spiritually and and, and leave at the next place. And so I think we kind of have a unique uh, ministry to the broader church to just be continually training people up to serve. And so I kind of see that I think that's how the Lord might use this as well. That's exciting.
0: Well, that's great. Thanks, Jeremy. That's helpful to get a a better picture of things. And we'll keep an eye on uh, home missions today as we see updates every couple months or so with what's going on and look forward to seeing what the Lord does in Yuma and uh, maybe get to talk to you again sometime. So thanks for the time today.
1: Thank you, Brad. That's it for today's episode.
0: You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources and you can sign up for our email list where you'll receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.